Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. This is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I'm joined by Satish Rao. Satish, how are you today? I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And and where are you today? I'm in Chicago, working from my home office uh, in one of the suburbs. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I'm in Denver. Um, we're, we're in kind of getting into the fall weather now. The leaves are changing, and... Uh, starting to fall off of the trees and stuff like that. So it's a interesting time of the year. Indeed, a time of transition, as they yeah. say. And, yeah. and we are transitioning into many different aspects in our society as well. So it's, it's a yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, so teach, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. Yes, happy to. Thank you. Um, I'm a managing director at Clario. Uh, we are a strategy and innovation consulting firm based in Chicago, have done work in the energy and resources sector, um, including mining globally for about uh, 20 years, uh, and uh, the past 12 of those with Clario. And uh, before that, in various industrial sector uh, consulting work. Uh, my background is in computer science and engineering, and uh, and it's interesting how that career led me to the world of energy and resources. Uh, so I I did a master's in computer science, um, so bachelor's in India, and I moved to the U.S. about 25 uh, or more year, years ago, and I was involved in the first few years in the tech industry. Uh, but I kept getting drawn back uh, to the very first software program I wrote um, was for a manufacturer of industrial gases, uh, was for an inventory accounting system for a manufacturer of industrial gases. And that's what I've always been focused on the industrial sector. So technology applications, but always been uh, fond of the industrial sector because I think the opportunity to innovate and create value is immense here. And of course, yeah. once you get into a sector, uh, then it, it it's it very rarely is down to just purely technology. Then you get to understand the mechanics of how things work, the importance of capital, the importance of culture, uh, the importance of making that change uh, stick. And so that's what I increasingly became um, uh, interested in in doing and researching and writing and and working on. And so that. Over time, the, the technology focus, uh, computer science focus in the industrial sector grew into uh, more of a specialization in innovation and how do you create technology-based innovation to solve real challenges. 
And oftentimes that takes us beyond a pure technology or digital focus. So that's okay. So it wasn't such a a vast leap. It sounds like a huge leap to me to go from computer science and engineering to to doing what you do with uh, natural resources. There was, there was a, there was a pivot there, but it wasn't outrageous. It was kind of a natural one. I would think so. Uh, I've always, these are the problems that I've always been interested in solving, uh, engineering and technical challenges. But but often as you start working in, in one part of, of that domain, you quickly realize that, that there's so many other things that need to be addressed. And so, um, uh, and so as part of when I joined Clario, we decided very proactively to address um, broader issues of innovation and, and bring in our view from cross sectors and cross industry. So we do a lot of work in the energy sector in oil and gas. And it was interesting to, to be able to connect the dots between those that sector and decarbonization in that sector to the minerals value chain and decarbonization there for it. As an example of bringing learnings that are beyond just a pure technology enabled or digital enabled. And of course, technology and digital often underpin many things that we do. So that continues to, to remain very fundamental and, and important to yeah. these sectors. Yeah. So, so most of my listeners are in the mining industry, not all of them, but let's just talk about what Clario does specifically for the mining industry. Yeah, thank you, um, Brian. Uh, we, uh, so we've been involved in the mining sector for um, our, one of our co-founders, my colleague Peter has been involved for over 25 to 30 years, uh, Peter Brian. Uh, I've been involved in the mining sector for about 10 to 12 years. And uh, uh, you could think of it as our work has, has uh, progressed along the journey of technology and innovation in mining. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, we would speak on the importance of innovation, the rationale and the need and the imperative to undertake innovation and, and create business cases and justify and help company boards and executives justify the existence of innovation teams. Yeah. And a lot of Clario's foundings come from that, from being uh, taking the um, creating a discipline within innovation, helping set up innovation teams. So that's what we did about 10, 15 years ago and, and still continue to do so today. But very quickly, I think our emphasis focused and changed on delivering value from innovation um, because it's one thing to set something up uh, but but different to making sure that that gets continued supported and and that that new team or organization is capable of delivering value uh, so that's 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 been the shift in the past five to seven years and then i think uh, the, the latest then, uh, now we're starting to become actively involved to the degree we can in the implementation. And uh, because oftentimes uh, creating value is, is, is when things happen at the site, at the mine site. And that can be one of the challenges. Uh, so yes. we're involved yeah. in, in all aspects of that. Okay. And uh, I know that you work in decarbonization, ESG, and sustainability. So 
pick one of those and and tell me how you would help a mining client with with one. Uh, yes, indeed. And so, um, when it comes to they're they're all important meaty topics, and they're yeah, all yeah. multifaceted. It's very hard to to separate some of those because they have interconnecting uh, mm -hmm. tissues between them. Yeah. So if you if you take pick up decarbonization, let's start with that. Um, there is a very real need that as as society and then the industrial sector uh, has created um, ambitions and goals to decarbonize and and achieve net zero by 2050. And some yeah. are more aggressive than others. I think it's starting to to draw down to now how do you actually make this happen? What are the time frames required? So we start with um, an identifying uh, we start so all of the companies we speak to have some efforts going on um, but but typically they've they've run into a couple two or three types of challenges or issues. One is uh, simply around um, the technology being too immature, too new, unsure yeah, how to yeah, apply it yeah, within, yeah. within your context. The other might be that uh, there are many more stakeholders that need to be included and engaged than just the mining company within its own, its own fence. So there might be a community involvement. Uh, there might be others in the value chain, uh, other suppliers, and oftentimes any single company might not be able to come up with a solution on their own. Uh, so, uh, and, and a third could also be, how do you actually make the business model of this, all of this work? And uh, uh, where's the capital for the investment coming from and, and who's making the returns and how is that uh, shared in an equitable way? So we would typically, we, we respond to challenges and sometimes companies will say, well, we want the future of X. We want to be able to define a future uh, that reduces water, for example, or eliminates water from processing. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we'll create an aspirational goal and a vision. Uh, we help them ideate through uh, and, and either bring in new technologies, scan uh, what's available, or bring in uh, technologies and innovations from uh, parallel or analogous sectors into mining. Uh, and then do it in a way that can be done, if appropriate, in a multi-stakeholder environment uh, where, where we have the ability to bring create open forums or bring forums in with the community participating with, with, um, and, and ideating together. So, so there's a number of different techniques and approaches that we utilize depending on the mining company's current situation, what they're trying yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me about sustainability and especially in mining because people think it's an oxymoron to think that you can mine sustainably. Like, well, you've already mined, it's gone. It's clearly not sustainable, which, which is not true because there's still something there that might be valuable in the future. But I mean, there's the sustainability is bigger than just the ore body. So, so tell me about sustainability in mining. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think therein also lies the angle to decarbonization. So, so sustainability, um, the, the resource that's, um, uh, that's extracted or the value mineral that's extracted, of course, 
Um, it comes at a cost. Uh, it comes at, there is a disturbance you have to create, you have to extract it. Um, but how are we doing that in a responsible way? And how are we understanding the impacts and identifying ways to mitigate the impacts uh, are going to be important. So I would take a very high level view of sustainability and include the notion of circular economy, because once you have a, a resource that you've identified that you want to extract something of value, how can you do it A, in a way that creates as little to no waste, B, that after the use of that product, that it's either the, the value mineral is reused, uh, is is um, brought back to some sort of form function. Uh, that's that's interesting. Many a couple of mining companies are starting to work in that. Um, as you know, Glencore is is invested in lithium recycling. Yeah. Um, Anglo Americans yeah. got a lot going on uh, in terms of their views on the circular economy and how to implement that. And they've taken a very wonderful, wonderfully broad view on on uh, reducing um, waste and eliminating waste from all processes as part of the circular economy. Uh, so I would say one other aspect is that as part of understanding the impact, uh, that's where decarbonization comes in, that the mining processes, the activities of mining and mineral processing should, should minimize and, and do no harm to the environment. And I think that's going to be important uh, going forward as well. Yeah, okay, okay. Tell us um, any kind of, can you tell us any specific examples of them that you've taken? Uh, yeah, I, I, I won't uh, refer to company names uh, due sure. to confidentiality, but I can speak to a few examples. Uh, so we, when we looked at um, how to address energy needs, and and do so with energy um, uh, we in a in a mining situation so we looked at the type of energy used and how you could utilize renewable energy uh, to do certain mining activities so we looked we supported a mining company that um, was interested in looking at um, taking their their mining fleet and creating um, a, a clean powered fleet that that um, taking away from diesel and moving to something that um, that would not be uh, a source for greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. So I think yeah. we did some work in there that has led to uh, quite some interesting new developments around how you electrify and modernize a fleet. Uh, similarly, as you start to move into the uh, into the value chain, uh, if you can try to address some of the big energy uses, uh, such as combination and and looking at yeah. ways yeah. to improve efficiency within combination, uh, you know that 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 can lead to some interesting gains. If you're able to even eke out a few percentage point improvements, you'll be surprised uh, the 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 kilowatt saved. Uh, and then finally, also looking at new ways to bring in thinking around um, the application of solar and renewables uh, inside inside the field on the, in, in the, within the mine, uh, and 
there were a couple of interesting examples that came out of that. Uh, for example, looking at tailing spawns and wanting to preserve it and conserve water and to be able to repurpose it. And then also at the same time, utilize the surface of the tailing ponds for solar. Uh, so that was an interesting development and an idea that came out. And somewhere, I know it, it has been since piloted, uh, but, but those are some examples of coming at it from different creative ways, looking at um, energy in this situation and identifying how you could tackle some of the big energy consumers within the activities and how you could either substitute uh, diesel for other forms of energy or bring in renewables or solar or other uh, cleaner forms of energy that don't emit uh, that don't have uh, greenhouse gas emissions. So those those are some okay. examples yeah. of work yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I just got back from West Africa and the client that I visited, they had a sign that said they had the world's largest hybrid diesel solar powered plant. And their their solar farm is really large, is very impressive. But it never yeah. would have occurred to me that they would have had the world's largest uh, hybrid plant. It's, uh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very cool what some of the mining companies are doing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think looking forward, I think there's going to be the need to do even more as more renewables start to get integrated into to power the plants. For example, if they move from hybrid to fully renewable, that comes with a host of challenges and especially matching the demand and supply um, for uh, renewables, creating the storage and the battery systems that are adequate and can switch on. Uh, I think that's going to be the next frontier and digital will play, um, uh, digital and, and AI will actually play, we think a key role in, in helping manage that transition uh, for power into, into renewables on site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting, very interesting. Satish, so, so what else uh, can you tell us? Uh, I think there's, we talked about a number of areas within uh, mining activities and processing. I do think that um, one area that's often not as, you know, hasn't seen as much activity is the impact of downstream companies exerting pressure uh, yeah. on upstream yeah. mining companies yeah. because that's where so the end user uh end users like volvo ford automotive or transport and and energy production th those companies are the ones that are making the commitments to green steel or green aluminum and and want the upstream mining companies to to really make those investments and and be able to to produce these yeah, materials yeah. in a sustainable yeah. way, and I think we're going to see a lot more activity by those companies. They're already starting to do offtake agreements. They're already starting to co-invest in processing plants, um, and and I think that's going to be fascinating to see if mining companies and the downstream users can partner together. And, and to truly create sustainable, but also circular 
uh, value chains. So I think that's yeah. that's a huge opportunity here. Yeah, I was fortunate enough a couple of weeks ago to attend a, a conference called Gold Forum Americas, mm. and almost all the major gold mining companies in the world and a couple of other miners were in attendance. It's at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs and. This is the kind of thing that vice presidents and CEOs give talks at, and they're trying to make investors and, and journalists aware of where their company is, who's their team, what are their uh, properties and resources and, and outlook. And so they they don't want to send you know a junior engineer out to say how wonderful the company is because they're they're real goal is to get more investor money in, into their companies. And I can tell you that almost every single one of the presentations, they were talking about how their company is decarbonizing the importance of ESG and sustainability. So three of the big things that your company offers were three of the big topics by almost every one of those presenters. Absolutely. It's going to be critical to be able to address. So there is an interesting, uh, there's an interesting dichotomy here, which is, uh, on the one hand, all of these industrial sectors and society want to decarbonize. And so uh, that is going to result, we know, in a potential shortfall that, that increase, increasingly many, many of these CEOs are, are also starting to recognize by 2035. You, uh, 2040, we could be seeing 10 million metric tons of copper shortfall, for example, um, lithium. So, so given all of that, um, and the fact that ore grades are declining, so yeah. we're going we're going to to see you know 0.5 percent copper, 0.4 percent, and how do you how do you extract the value out of that? Um, so the dichotomy is that you're you want to produce more in order to address uh, decarbonization needs of society, yeah. but you cannot do that. Uh, it's it's going to get harder to extract. So the dichotomy is that you cannot do that without actually fundamentally decarbonizing the mining industry itself. Otherwise, uh, you're, the the scale of the energy that's required, the scale of the inputs that's required, is almost going to be defeating the the argument to decarbonize yeah. the end use sector. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, I think something that will will have to be addressed. Right. Uh, right. Right. Well, Satish, I think I've asked all the questions that I had. Was there anything that you wanted to talk to talk about that I didn't ask? I I think you covered many of these many of the points that I'd come prepared with. Uh, I would say that. Um, that we're only just beginning in this journey. Uh, it's, yeah. it's great to see that many mining companies, almost everyone we speak to have have uh, a number of initiatives. Uh, so it's great to see that, but I think this is, uh, we're still in very early days and uh, we understand that as the next three to five years and then out into the future for the next 25 years, is where the, the, the continued emphasis absolutely has to be and uh, to address production shortfalls of critical minerals, to address decarbonization of the activities yeah, that are yeah. contributing, and then also to find the capital 
to to do this. So it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of effort from the industry. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Satish, if somebody wanted to find your company, what what is the web address? Uh, it's www.clario.com. C L A R E O. So they can find us there or other easy means yeah. as well. Okay. Easy okay. To get yeah, perfect. Well, Satish, I know you are a very busy person, being the managing director of your company, and I appreciate the time you've spent with us. And I don't want to keep you any longer, but uh, thanks, thanks again, and uh, hope you have a really great day and great uh, rest of your year. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure to have been on this podcast, and um, you have a wonderful day as well. Well, thank you so much. Until next time. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.